tension, no more struggle, no more challenges, no more battle. Because there comes a time where you need to rest from your battle. And God said, after today, you shall rest from your battle. The battle of your marriage, the battle of your business, the battle of your finances, the battle of your sickness, the battle of your shame, the battle of your disgrace, the battle of your setback, the battle of the pains you don't want to forget. God said, you will rest from your battle. And now, today's message with God's servant, Reverend Ismaila Awudu, head pastor ICGC Yahweh Temple, East Dagon. Others are seeing on the fifth sense and they are afraid of Goliath. They are hearing on the fifth sense and they are afraid of Goliath. They have a sense stage and they are afraid. But this guy was looking beyond Goliath because he knows who he is and whom he belongs to. So his confidence is not of his age and of himself, but his confidence is on his status. Of who he is. And the captain tells him. And he didn't just jump into the battle. He looked for the benefit of the battle. Which means that a child of power in the spirit. You should be smart. To know how to negotiate. You don't jump picking everything. You negotiate on a certain level. You have to think ahead of the people. So he thought ahead. And negotiated. They told him everything. So when he met the king. He made him know. He said look. Give me a chance. I'll go. Remember Saul gave him his armor. That armor is of the fifth sense. He was not, because if he goes in the fifth sense, he'll be defeated. And when he tried to walk, he couldn't walk. He said, I have not tried this. Because on the level of the sixth sense, you cannot make the sixth sense with the fifth sense. You have not tried it, you'll miss it. So he moved on to that level, what is convenient to it or conversant to it, and he knows. Which means that on the level of the sixth sense, you should master it. And it was on that level he killed Goliath. In fact, David killed Goliath on the level of the sixth sense, which is the sense of faith. And not on the fifth senses, which has to do with touch, feel, smell, and all that. That's not the level he he couldn't have won on the fiscal because on the fiscal, David is not a match for Goliath. And some of us, there are people we are not a match to. But you want to compete with them on the fifth sense, they will beat you. Because the terrain are not the same. If you want to beat them, switch to the sixth sense. And it doesn't matter their stature, their influence, their power, their position, you will level them. The challenges we are facing. The problem that is going on in the world, if you want to engage it on the fifth sense, you can't survive it. So you have to move on to the sixth sense to be able to survive. Even those that are not born again, they know that they need a higher strength, power to be able to deal with things. You think somebody is occupying the chair, he's occupying because he is fat or he's big, he's sitting on that chair. There is a spirit behind every throne and every position. How can you compete in the same industry with them without you understanding the spirit that works in that industry? You think they are just standing there and going about with their business. Do you know what they do in the midnight hour? And you, the child of God, you are desecrating the very thing that is supposed to save you. And you forget that you are no more on the five senses level. Go and ask anybody that consults you or consults any shrine or consults anything. And ask them whether they insult their, 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 their shrine. Or whether they don't go back paying their vows. And believers of today, what we know is to be insulting our pastors. Even if the man by the shine has not pasted, you don't insult him. 
But you come to the house of the Lord where you are nourished on the sixth level. And you are opening your mouth. Everything you are talking. You have license to just talk and be insulting. And have problem with everything that goes on in the church. And yet you are walking in the realm of the spirit. You see, when you see a mango that is ripe on a tree, plucking it is very easy. Because the stones is attracting, there are many. If one stone will miss, one stone will definitely hit it. And you know when it is ripe, the, the under is very light. So little to that time it will fall. That's what I'm saying. Anybody, anybody that is walking in the spirit, born again, and you don't know how to conduct your mouth and your behavior, you are like that mango. Any stone, no matter what stone is, it's just a matter of time, a stone will hit you and that will be your end. So take church for granted and take your pastors for granted. We are here. When the time comes, we will know. They give you advice. Don't go here. Don't do this. You think you know. What do we see? You don't see it. Sometimes we will take certain actions for you to do things. You don't know why we want you to do that. Sometimes we even don't even know why we are asking you to do it. But after, you get the results. Because the sixth sense does not make sense. So if you want to operate in power, know that your thinking is not physical. Don't look at physical things to determine how it's going to be like. Because to Saul, David is a small boy. But for David, he knows he's a big guy. So for us to move in the spirit, we have to understand how to attract the anointing that will make us flow. And last week I told you that you get that anointing through prayer. Acts chapter 2 verse 1 to 4. Quickly. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one word. Accord in what? One place. You don't run around. And he says, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire and one sat upon each of them. And he said, and they were all filled. They were all do what? They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. You need to be filled. Receive the feeling of the Holy Spirit. When a cup is full, the water overruns. When we got saved, we received the spirit within, which helps us to behave according to Christ. But we need a spirit upon to be able to function. The power that settles on us to function. And this is given by the Holy Spirit. A lot of us are on the level of being saved and receiving the power so we can read scriptures, we can call scriptures. We are Ojasho's prayer warriors. We do everything. We, we give our offerings, but we have not moved to the next level of getting the power to perform. Jesus was the son of God, but when he was baptized, he received the power to perform. So you don't stay on the level of salvation, you will stay also on the level of functioning. It's a dual power. It's a two-edged sword. After today, say, God, fill me that I may overflow, like the songwriter said. James chapter 5, verse 16 to 18. He said, confess your trespass to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. And the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. 17, he says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. Do you get it? With a nature, how many of you have heard about Elijah. But how many of you know that you are more than Elijah? Elijah wishes is in our days. But isn't it sad that we are rather coveting Elijah? 
Elijah's power. He said they waited for the promise and they did not have it. But we now have the promise. He said Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, which means that Elijah has his fears. Elijah has his weakness. Everything that you know a man does, Elijah does. He has his weakness because he was running away from Jezebel. At one time he was sleeping. Is that not it? Yes. He has his fears. He said it was a man like us. And he prayed earnestly. The word there is earnestly. Persistent. That it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again. And the heaven gave rain. And the earth produced its fruit. Elijah was like you and I. And he prayed and things happened. He's saying that on the sixth sense, when you will pray there, it will happen. In the Old Testament, they borrowed the sixth sense. But in the New Testament, we are custodians of the sixth sense. So they only try to assess it to work. But in the New Testament, we have it. Ironically, we are not operating because we don't have knowledge of it. Luke chapter 3, verse 21 to 22. He said, when all the people were baptized, see what even Jesus did. It came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, while he did what? While he prayed, the heavens were opened. Was opened. And said, the Holy Spirit, which means that prayer opens the heavens. I said, prayer opens the heavens. And once your heavens are opened, the Holy Spirit has no choice than to descend. Power has no choice than to come down. Is that he descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved son, in you I am well pleased. When you engage in prayer to a certain level, your language changes. It changes that when you are even alone in the room, all of a sudden you feel like there is a presence with you. At that level, some of you get scared. It's like, what is happening? You, if you have closed your eyes, you want to open your eyes to see. That is what we mean. That is a presence. The presence of God is in the room. You are no more alone, but angels have descended. Power has come down to you. If you continue to that level, if you get there and you continue, you begin to pick things you are not even, you don't even know of. There becomes downloading of information like that. And at a certain level, you, learn you, are, you cannot even pray again. But all of a sudden, songs will begin to come from you. That's why the Bible said that we should sing hymns. So your tongue will change and your language will change. And songs will start coming. You, you'll be singing songs that you don't even know of. That is why true gospel musicians are not supposed just to write lyrics, but they have to get it in prayer. Because Bible says that in the midnight hour, he will waken us up to write songs. You see, the difference between secular music and gospel music is that gospel music, secular and gospel all takes inspiration before they can do it. But the difference of the gospel music that we, we are supposed to be awakened to tap directly from God. Because the gospel is a word we are communicating to the people which is to heal somebody, restore somebody, encourage somebody. That is why if you watch it, there are some old compositions of some old gospel artists. Today, whenever you play that song... Compare it to our today gospel. Why now we are trying to dress like circulars and trying to be, I don't have a problem. But what is the spirit 
Because the letter killers, the spirit gives us life. The song we sing should carry the spirit of Christ to influence. It is not entertainment, but it is what? Communication of the spirit. He said, like a dove upon him, and a voice came from heaven and said, You are my beloved son, in you I am well pleased. He endorses you. Power endorses you. And some of you, when you engage in prayer, you will feel like there is fire around your leg. Some you feel the fire in your hand. Some You feel like something is moving in your hair. You think it is an ant or anything, you brush it off and still it's not going. The tongues of fire that settle on the people has come to settle on you. So it is actually fire that is burning on top of you. There is power in prayer. And it attracts. How to attract the power? This is how we attract the power. This is how we do what? Attract the power. Secondly, we attract the power by the laying down of hands. Acts chapter 13 verse 1 to 3. The first part is by prayer. The second part is by laying down of hands. Are you in us? He said, now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucio of Cyrene, Menian, who had been brought up with Aaron, the Tetrarch, and Saul. And he says what he said, and as they ministered, they did what? That means as they worship, as they pray, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, now separate to me, Barnabas and Saul for the work for which I have called them. And he said, then having fasted and prayed and lay hands on them, they send them away. And as, when you follow the text, you realize at a certain point, a sorcerer wanted to be stood Paul and Barnabas. And Paul spoke and the sorcerer went blind. Because he has received power by the laying of hands. When we put our hands on you, it's not an ordinary hand. It's called impartation. It's a transference of a spirit. That is why it's not everybody that has to lay hands on you. Because the hand that is laid on you is a hand of authority. It's other than I am. Are you there with me? But by the realm of authority, when I lay hands on him, heaven recognizes it. And every spirit from his family background or whatever have to obey it. So he has to submit to that name and I lay hands on him. That's the name Jesus. So I stand in that stead and I lay hands. And when I lay hands, something happens. So I'm not just putting my hand on him. Sensitivity of the spirit is critical. A guy was in church. The guy was sick. He came to the crusade. He was sleeping. And Bishop said he was angry. He was going out like I'm preaching. The guy was sleeping. So he went and tapped the guy. Whilst he was preaching. You know how you do it. He just tapped the guy to wake up from his sleep. The guy shouted, I am healed. I am healed. I mean, yet there were people who were listening and were believing God for their healing. Nothing came. By, by that touch, that guy was healed. It was not just a touch. It was a power. A gentleman in Nigeria had the opportunity of a man of God placing his hand on him. He didn't bath for days. You know what? It's not that he was watching, but he understood the essence of the hand of the servant of God. So, but they say, lay hands on no more on no man suddenly. So we don't lay hands on people anyhow. These hands of mine creates or brings deliverance to many because the Lord uses the hand. But at the same time, when I can shake you and you shake me normal because you are shaking a normal person with your five senses. But if you are smart, when I shake your hand and you switch to the sixth sense, you will receive a miracle. Yeah. 
That is the difference. So people can be in prayer line and you are laying hands on them and praying for them to be healed. Some get it, others don't get it. reason why they don't get it is that they were not receiving on the sixth sense, they were receiving on the fifth sense. And because the transference does not take place on the fifth sense, it cannot be recognized on a different platform. Am I talking to somebody here? If you are doing a transfer of money, you need your swift code. If you give a wrong swift code, the money cannot go because it cannot recognize the source. Am I talking to somebody here? So when we are layers, you need to move to that level. So on that platform, transfer can take place. So power is transferred, but you can have it ordinarily. Jesus, others pressed about him. A woman with the issue of blood touch the hand because the woman was operating on the sixth level and know that everything on the man of God carries anointing and everything in the church carries anointing the church is not a disco the church is a spiritual place and everything in the church has a presence from the church to the pulpit to whatever to the instruments that's what sometimes I demonstrate it to you I tell them play you should lift up your hands and you see transfer of power. The very pillar you are sitting by, you can tap your healing from the pillar without me laying hands on you. If you understand the success, the chair you are sitting on can bring you deliverance and your miracle if you understand how it operates. So you don't come to the church and look at it. Everything in the house of the Lord carries the presence of God. The next thing of I said, separate unto me Paul and Barnabas for the word that I've called them. In other words, the work of the ministry is a work of separation. And it is a work that is assigned to us by the Holy Spirit. No man can call himself a pastor when God has not sent you. Let's stop these theatric things. And let's face the reality. The calling is not performance. It's a separation. It's good to admire and to love to be a pastor, but you have to be separated and to be sent. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. So therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind, which means that fear is not of God. Am I right? And he was telling Timothy, he said, you should stir up Give me the sign. He said, stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of us. In other words, whenever we lay hands, we transfer gifts. We transfer what? The Bible says that, and Joshua, the son of Nun, received wisdom. Because Moses, the servant of God, has laid hand on him. So if you are even blockheaded, and you study and it doesn't go, when the hand is laid on you and you are believing God for wisdom, your mind is rearranged. You, you begin to, you begin to operate on a certain level of wisdom that beats the imagination of everybody. We are entities walking, but we are look simple in the eyes of men. You are trying to power from today, get it right. When a hand is laid on you, know that there's a power that is transferred to you. So you don't take your head anywhere. Those of you just are going everywhere. Laying on of hands is very, very important. And you can attract that grace by honoring that anointing. If you don't honor it, it will not come to you. And if there is a hand that needs to be laid on you and you honor it, wherever you are, when the time comes, God will move the person towards you. 
you are the anointing attracts. Church, let me submit to you. If my member, don't discredit people. Don't discredit anointing. Respect it. When you are in your, among your folks at work and they are gossiping about some people, stay away from them. Because what will keep you alive is the respect of the hand that was laid on you. By that you receive gifts and through prayer you stay up those gifts. The next thing is to praise and worship. I'm coming to the choristers. You do anything anyhow. Praise and worship brings down the presence. Praise and worship is not entertainment. It's not an arrangement of songs that I came to stand and said, I know that when I start, it is factored in worship because it brings down the glory. Listen, I should sit down and cripples will be sitting down. Then my worship team, just by worship, cripples should start walking. Atmosphere. The church is losing power because we have turned our praise and worship into entertainment. Our choristers are not living holy. They go and sleep anywhere, anyhow. And come in on Sunday and come and lead us through praise and worship. Why would church members become frustrated and we get tired with everything? Why, is, why would the power of God not be able to move? So our churches are turning to theaters. Instead of the center of the power of God. Because we don't even feel shy. We come out and say that I am, I am a, a gospel artist. I am this. But I am sleeping with this person. And I am doing this. And I even believe in this. Give me a break. Do you know what we are talking about? You are of the tribe of the sons of the Korah. You are a priest in the house of God. You are a psalmist. And that was what David was doing before God elevated him. And this is the canker of the church. The body of Christ is not experiencing power. Because we've taken out. The people that are supposed to bring down the glory does not even know what, <laughs> what, what is required of them. Because all that they need is that I need a voice. When I have a voice, I look nice. I have to be there. But they don't know that it goes beyond that. It's a true praise and worship. Second Chronicles chapter 2, 11 to 14. Then he that king of the ten answered in writing, which he sent to Solomon, because the Lord loves his people. He has made you king over them. Twelve, he said, Then Hiram also said, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, who made heaven and earth, for he has given King David a wise son. And now with prudence and understanding who will build a temple for the Lord and a royal house for himself. He said, and now I have sent a skillful man and dealt with understanding Hiram, my master craftsman, the son of a woman of the daughters of Dan, and his father was a man of ten, skilled to work in gold and silver, bronze and iron, stone and wood, purple and blue, and lining, crimson, and to make any engraving and to accomplish any uh, what are which may be given to him with our skillful men and with the skillful men of my Lord David, your father. Then you move on to the same scripture. Let's go on to the verse, 2 Chronicles 20, from verse 20 to 22. He said, so they rose early in the morning and went out. They went out, went out into the wilderness of Takwa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God. And you shall be established. Believe his prophet and you shall prosper. 21 said, and when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord. Who should do what? Sing to To the Lord. And who should praise the beauty of what? 
his holiness. And as they went out before the army and were saying, Praise the Lord for his mercy and forever. Now when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. He said, for the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mansia to utterly kill and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. And look at the 24. He said this, so when Judah came to a place, Judah means what? Praise. He said, when Judah came to a place overlooking the wilderness, they looked toward the multitude and, and there were their dead bodies falling on the earth and no one had escaped. Israel was facing an imminent danger and battle. The solution was in praise and worship. As they praised and they worshiped, God's presence came down. The prophet spoke. The matter was settled. They did not fight in a battle. Victory came to us. What it means is that whenever we come to church, whatever burdens you are carrying, whatever challenge you are carrying, it's not only the pastor. As we enter into praise and worship, your burden should be run away. Which means that every section of the service is important. Those of us coming late, check it. Repent. Because the time of intercession could be your time of your deliverance. It is not a time for the word. Don't be excited you've been coming consistently to church. That anytime you enter you, you will get in when I am preaching. You don't know what you are missing every day. You don't know how you are delaying your miracles. Stop changing and you will see how God can work faster in your life. The thing is not about you have grown beyond where. No, 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 no. It's an appointment to God. And each segment of the service it's an appointment with, the, with your creator to do something in your life. The next thing you should understand is through sacrifice. First Kings chapter 3, 14 to 15. He says, so if you walk in my ways to keep my statutes and my commandments as your father, starting as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your days. Then Solomon awoke and indeed it had been a dream. And he came to Jerusalem and stood before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. Offered up burnt offerings, offered peace offerings, and made a feast for all his servants. Then Solomon awoke and indeed it had been a dream. And he came to Jerusalem and stood before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. And offered up burnt offerings, offered peace offerings, and made a feast. You realize that Solomon, when he was sacrificing, the Lord appeared to him. So the sacrifice in the church is not just paying your vows pay your sacrifice. It's not anything. It attracts the power of God. It doesn't attract anybody, but it attracts God's power. So if you learn how to sacrifice, you will see God's glory. People of sacrifice see God's glory. Abraham sacrificed. He saw God's glory. So when, when you set an altar, and the altar is not physically altar, your heart is a place of altar. In other words, when you have your heart in place for God, something happens. The altar of your heart. It brings power. When your heart is in place with God, worship goes up. Prayer goes up. Giving goes up. Dedication goes up. God will definitely download the power upon you. Then whatever you are expecting from the Lord, the Lord shall do. Because where your heart is, that is where your treasure is. Thank you very much for listening. 
This is a message from ICGC Yahweh Temple, East Ligon. We know you've been blessed by God's Word. For more quality and practical teachings of Reverend Ismaila Abudu, visit us online at www.icgceastlegon.com or email to yahwehtempleicgc at gmail.com or call us on 057-2260-434 or 057-2260-435. You can also worship with us on Sundays from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. On Tuesdays at 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. for our empowerment teaching service. And Fridays at 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. for our breakthrough prayer service. You can also connect with us on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. God bless you. My Lord.